I believe that the most powerful stories and works and pieces of music and novels, um, I believe they are both a, a reflection of that person that only that person could write in that way. Only that person cre could create that in just that way. Um, uh, and, and, and as I age and do this a little more, the more comfortable I am saying, oh, I need to put more of myself in here because that's the only unique thing I've got. From cave drawings to family histories to stories around the fire, humans crave order among chaos, connection amid isolation. So we tell stories. Our mission at the Storytellers Network is to bring the art of story to the masses. Whether you're in marketing, you're an entrepreneur, or you're developing your own personal brand, telling your story effectively can make the difference between celebrating milestones and collecting unemployment. The Storytellers Network strives to help storytellers tell their stories so you can learn from the best. Now, your host, Dan Moyle. Welcome to the Storytellers Network podcast. I'm your host, Dan Moyle. I'm so excited you're here. Today, I get to, to have a singer-songwriter on the show to talk about musical stories for the entertainment storytellers uh, season. So I'm really excited about that. Before we get to, to my guest, a quick reminder, the website has all the information, resources for you to better tell your story, past episodes to get more inspiration and contact information for me. If you want to get in touch with me, it's all at thestorytellersnetwork.com for all that. So today's guest is singer-songwriter Aaron Burdett. He's one of the top 10 most important musicians of Western North Carolina, according to WNC Magazine. Uh, named alongside such greats as Doc Watson, uh, Steep Canyon Rangers, and the Avett Brothers. Uh, but it wasn't always easy, though, as you might imagine. After seeing a lot of his friends and musical colleagues struggle to be full-time musicians, sometimes at the cost of their marriages and family lives, actually, Aaron moved back to his hometown and decided to go another route. He started a construction business and built a home for himself and his wife and started a family, all while continuing to write songs and play music, recording an album every year or two or so. Back in 2013, he decided to pursue music full-time. So fast forward to today, and his distinctive, clear voice has carried his dream into a successful career. He's, he's still building houses with his, uh, with his dad, and he's playing music, and he's recording. And as we, you'll hear in the conversation, he's not recording albums necessarily. It's more about recording spurts so you'll see what that looks like and how why that's come about so uh aaron actually has seven albums dating back to 2005 he has a spotify channel that you need to subscribe to or need to follow whatever you want to call it on spotify uh, he tells stories through his music through his lyrics and his performances so with all that said let's get to aaron's stories welcome to the show aaron thanks for taking time to talk to the storytellers network listeners man Sure, Dan. Glad to do it. So uh, this season is entertainment storytellers, and I'm a big fan of music. Uh, I tried to dabble a little bit at one time in my in my history. I'm not good at it, but I'm a listener, and we need those too, I guess. Um, so I was really excited when we were connected, actually through Douglas Burdett. He said, "Hey, you need to talk to Aaron." And, uh, so that was a really nice connection. But I was excited. So, but when I reached out, did you think of yourself? Like, were you surprised? Do you think of yourself as a storyteller or were you like, Oh yeah, I can do this. No, I, 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 I hear that a lot. Um, I, you know, I, I, I hear that a lot just, uh, in relation to my songs. Um, uh, many of the songs that I, I write tend to 
have that little arc. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I approach it. So no, not at all. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, there's storytelling as, as a, uh, um, here in uh, sort of mid Southern Appalachia, there's, there's the, a long uh, storytelling tradition and that's a different animal mm-hmm. um, from what I do, but it's related. Um, uh, so no, I was not surprised. That's right. Hey, it seemed like a decent fit. <clears throat> Good. Uh, I've been called worse. <laughs> You've been called worse by a lot better, just so we can. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so let's talk a little bit about your music, Aaron. Um, I, I would kind of describe it as this like folk story, uh, you know, a bit of a country feel, but it's not country, but it's just like, it's just good acoustic storytelling music. Um, I've been listening to it in preparation for our interview and, and I got to sit and I'm, I'm following your Spotify channel now. So I love it. Okay, um, good. But what, how would you describe what you do? Um, uh, I would say, um, you know, I get asked this a lot and, yeah. um, you know, it just depends on who you're talking to, how far down the rabbit hole you go. Um, you know, on, on some days you just say, uh, Americana singer songwriter on some days you say, well, you know, I'm sort of a folk singer that came from a, a uh, little bit of a bluegrassy background, but, um, sort of pointed towards the, uh, folk rock people that I heard growing up, uh, from my dad's record collection. Um, but it's uh the more i get asked the more i you know learn about what it is and i mean i'm from that um uh that sort of singer songwriter ilk um i don't know um uh, where you're singing about your own experience you're kind of ex- describing something from your own different sort of point of view hopefully mm-hmm. um so, uh, yeah, well, that wasn't a very good answer, but no, that's all right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll break that down. Um, but made me think though, you said you, you write kind of your story, which is one of your songs, write what you know. Oh and, yeah, uh, that's true. Just heard that today, actually in my rotation I was like, wow, that's really good. So, so I get it. Um, what was that collection like from your dad's LPs? Who was, who are some of those influences for you? Well, um, you know, he, uh, mom and dad, uh, were in college like 68 to 72 ish. So they're right there in that sort of sweet spot for the, the old hippies. And, uh, dad, um, is, it wasn't, is a huge, uh, music fan. And he was just telling me the other day about how he and uh, we worked together a good bit during the day. Uh, I'm a contractor during the day. And, um, he was, talk, he was talking about how they had uh, at this house they lived at, they had the, uh, uh, the circle of sound. So they had like a, they had the, the turntable set up and they had it, had it forked to three separate am, amplifiers and had the speakers set up around the room somehow. So it was awesome. the circle of sound. But, um, you know, he, he was a big Stones fan. And of course there was lots of Beatles and, um, but, but, uh, the band and Dylan and um, James Taylor. And I remember uh, Cat Stevens hit me, hit home for me when I was real young, eight or 10 years old. Um, and from there I sort of got into, uh, I don't know, he, he, he was a, 
he was in the uh, you know the record club. So he and he would he, we still got you know Rolling Stone when it was about as big as a bath towel, right. and um, and he would always pour you know he'd have his ten he could get or whatever, and he would always you know read all the reviews and decide what to get. And um, so I mean he you know I, I kind of lost track with his uh, record collection about when vinyl stopped being produced. You know mid mid late eighties when he started moving towards CDs and, and um, um, I, you know, just a whole, whole bunch of people through, through that uh, lots of dead. And, um, and then I sort of got on my own kick when I moved to Boone, I got uh, heavy into Doc Watson and bluegrass and new grass and um, acoustic uh, pseudo acoustic guitar powerhouses, your David Greer's and Norman Blake's and, um, just really for me uh, i did a little heavy metal in my early teens too but so that was sort of like it felt like heavy metal energy on acoustic instruments you know it's just really uh, not aggressive is the wrong word but it's just really uh um, energetic yeah i i can see the the metal bluegrass tie and and i've heard some metal done in the bluegrass style which is really cool you know like that's (laughs) That's pretty righteous, man. So picking, picking on Zeppelin and like picking on uh, those picking on series. Yeah, cool. yeah. So so I, so sidetrack. Then what was your metal uh, taste like? Oh, we'll see. Let's see. Here here's how I dated. Um, I was born in 1974, yeah. and Appetite for Destruction was released when I was 13 years old, mm-hmm. which is it just couldn't have been more perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember exactly where I was when when that Guns N' Roses. Uh, showed up of course before that i was listening to zeppelin and uh jimmy hendrix and um but i liked uh i don't know i liked metallica and megadeth and all that sort of mm-hmm. mid-80s hair metal stuff i don't absolutely know. i still have a whole trunk full of cassettes over there that i nice when i want to feel some shame i go look at it yeah i uh I, I don't, there's something, so I'm a, I'm a big Metallica fan and, but there's something about appetite that gets me every time. There's a magic in that album that I just can't find anywhere else. I don't know. It's, and it's, I guess it's their story of the streets of LA or something. Like I just, man, it is so good. So well, yeah. everyone wants, every once in a while, something comes just slightly out of left field like that. Um, yeah. You know, uh, uh, course it helps to be 13 when that stuff you know angry angry young man right right for for no good reason i mean for me anyway middle class america like why am i an angry teenager like that just my life is so hard right right (laughs) so so when you're (laughs) when you're getting ready aaron to kind of start well i guess my question would be i should start with do you start new projects or are you always creating as as the storyteller in music well, I'm uh, I'm a little bit um, deadline oriented. So, uh, matter of fact, we're going into the recording studio in two weeks um, to record a few songs. Um, and I have I don't know a few a few at least a couple dozen that are sort of floating at the top of the bubbling brew um, at any given time. Um, and I just have to. Um, I just have to sit with them. It's just time. I mean, it's just, for me, it's just time. There's the inspiration will show up if I can make myself available. Much like I said in that song, it's funny how some of those songs, I like I was singing some from a few, like five or six years ago. I was like, Whoa, this, uh, this is like a 
this is prophetic. I didn't even know I was writing this at the time. And uh, I'll be some lines where I'm like, wow, wait, that's just right where I am today. Uh-huh. Um, and um, I, I don't know, then it, you know, with, with storytelling in a song, there's just all these different elements that, um, there's just a lot of different elements you got to pull together. I mean, some you can lean on and some, um, some you have to work around, you know, the limitations of, you know, I mean, you don't want to get much above four minutes and much of that is a repeat of stuff that's happened before. So you got to get a lot of, um, information, uh, out either succinctly or, um, um, descriptively or both preferably mm-hmm. in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Is that hard to kind of reconcile or do you find yourself wanting to, tell longer stories but you're like well i got to keep it at you know three Uh, minutes four minutes it would be way easier if i could have eight minutes on every one but that is the um that's the beauty of the constraint of it um Mm -hmm. you 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 can't you that doesn't work you can't you just this just doesn't work and so the hardest part um is pairing back because I'll say, well, wait, this verse is the whole thing. And um, for me, it's important to have at any given time, somebody that I can say, Hey, would you look at this? Do you, do you listen to this? And um, you know, I have a, my lead guitarist is doing some production for this next album and he's been very valuable to me just to be able to say, Hey, listen to this. And he'll say, um, that whole verse there, I'm totally not interested in. And I'm like, okay, okay, let me think about it. And then, and so sometimes it's like, but no, you have to be interested. I have to fix this. Or sometimes it's like, okay, okay, let's let it go and then see what it is. Yeah. Um, I will say the other beauty of it is uh, the more space you leave for people to paint their own picture, the richer it will be. Um, I, that, and that's, that's another little element of the getting less is more. Um, Cause people will always paint a much more vibrant picture and draw their own um, experiences into it. Um, much more than I can do if I, if I just spell it out. Um, it's important to leave it kind of somewhat open to interpretation. Yeah. I think. I can see that. And as a, as a listener, I know I can feel music and I think that I feel what the writer's writing, but I also know that I, I don't, but I, but I like that interpretation. So I can see that. Um, yeah. and, and I think, you know, for, so for me, I did some creative writing back in college and, and I, I had done poetry writing and tried to take my crack at songwriting, but I don't think it was ever that good. It was more just like free range poetry, but but I can remember writing things where people would interpret them and then in creative writing. And it was like, Oh yeah, I didn't think of it that way. That's really good. So that makes sense. Um, is that, is that what a music producer is kind of for is to bounce those off of and say, does this work? Or is that more of a trusted advisor that you look to? Uh, a little bit of both. I mean, a producer, um, very often will, uh, help with arrangements like, um, Let's let's throw a chorus right up top, <clears throat> you know, as opposed to verse, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, sometimes they will help with arrangement like that. Uh, Dan, for me lately, has been helping as a little more of an, an advisor, just somebody to bounce things off of. Very often just confirming what I already don't want to hear, but I'm pretty sure is right. Yeah. Um, but like from a, an audio point of view, what a producer does is um, I've got this raw song here. Here's three verses in a chorus. I can put them however I want. Um, what, what guitar is this on? Am I, is this an electric song? Is this a full band song? Is this a, um, is this an acoustic with a little bit of percussion? Is it um, a full on rock and roll? Uh, decisions like that about the, the presentation of the song. The song is there, but the presentation is what the producer helps with, mm. which is, it's huge. Like it's huge when you're in there for somebody to say, uh, you, you're singing something or play a solo or whatever. And they're like, ah, oh, that was great. Uh, do it one more time. <laughs> okay. 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 That's fine. Or say, man, that was it. You need to stop. That's perfect. And then you, just to not have to make little decisions like that about mm. the, I mean, I've got the content, but the presentation, the packaging is what they help with. That makes sense. Um, I want to get back to the lost verses that you said, like when you, when, so you take one out, do you ever find yourself going back and finding that writing, that part of the story and creating something different with it? Or is it generally just like, I just cut it and it's gone? No. Um, yes to both. Sometimes it's just gone. And, um, because sometimes what you, what you're left with is a more powerful, uh, work when you take that thing out. Um, I had, a one of the songs I was working on that we were going to record in a couple of weeks had some sort of, uh, some story about uh, some flooding that happened here in our area last year. And a friend of ours had his house, washed off his foundation and so i started writing something from that and it sort of led into some social commentary um and i was putting the it was a little bit of a juxtaposition of the two things and the longer i worked with it um the more i realized um this is two different this is two different songs Mm -hmm. and so you know i took one out and finished it and now the other one is sitting there sort of um you know, a three-legged chair that just needs a little something. And I don't know what it is. I just have this huge list of songs and I'm a very, I'm a sort of a techie guy. So I've got them in, I have so many of them in Evernote that I have to use Trello to organize them and like I move <laughs> stuff around. It's like, okay, well, these can go, let's put these on the 40% list. And then I'll just be like, okay, Let's go through there. And, and then it's enough that I forget and I go back. I'm like, oh, there is a whole verse here already about that. Let me just clean that up. Um, or sometimes a song will relate back to something else. And, uh, it's, I wish there was a, a formula, but uh, <laughs> I think that's it. Evernote and Trello and a bunch of noodling. Yeah. Well, and it sounds way more organized than what I would have thought maybe. You know, you just kind of think of like, I'm a songwriter. I sit down and I write songs, but you're actually using tools to stay organized and say, okay, this relates to that. So let's do this and whatever. I mean, that's really cool. That's cool. I have to, I have to, the, the, and I'm, I'm sure this is, I think this is true with most creative writing. Um, the idea for the song, the, the two lines, that's the freebie. That's, that's what comes from wherever these things come from. And then it's my job to, 
turn it into 40 lines of something that relate to that. And as you're doing that, now you said earlier a little bit ago that the producer kind of tends to help figure out what it sounds like, the, the packaging. But do you also think of music? Do you think in terms of music, like I got this melody, I think it would go really good with this lyric or whatever. Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of I kind of do it all at once. Although recently I have noticed um, that I've been um, <clears throat> doing a little more of what the um, what the Beatles would do with the nonsense uh, lyrics. Um, um, I have several songs I'm working on now that I'm pretty sure I know what the chorus is, and I'm pretty sure it's this particular phrase. But then the verses, what I'll do is I'll just sit sit with the guitar and I'll. Um, kind of create melodies that sound good and then and then try to fill words back in to that um uh, and i know i said say the beatles because i know they did that a lot all those classic songs we know from them had nonsense syllables um before they had um english and they, they like would work out all the melodies and the choruses and stuff and then fill in the lyrics and I mean sometimes it works like that sometimes it doesn't but um to me they kind of usually tend to go together hmm. I've heard uh demos from Metallica do the same thing so it's kind of funny that like <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and, and and before I had heard that with Metallica I'd never really heard of that because I'm again not a songwriter or a musician yeah but it was really interesting to think oh okay so you can just create that music and then fill in the words so yeah well that's the other and that's the other that's the other piece of this whole storytelling thing is you know when i said you have the limitation of four minutes or whatever it is five minutes you know um depending on your genre uh uh you also can lean on rhythm and melody and um that's a whole other little element to the to the story that doesn't um that that can support you um, and uh, help people take breaks from the, the, the content. Uh, you know I mean? How many good songs, for example, are just the dumbest four lines you've ever heard in your life, but the, the production and the beat and the, the whole package sells it. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's the other, that's the other thing that I think is different between, uh, storytelling in a song songwriting and I don't know, maybe it's not because I mean, maybe the presentation, you know, when you're, you know, when you're telling stories anywhere is the same, you know, there's always a presentation level of it. Um, it, it whether that's what you're wearing or how you're doing it or, you know, how you're, how you're vocalizing a story or um, I mean, there, I guess there's always some of that. Yeah. A little bit, I'd say, but I mean, I think you're right that it is much different in music form. Um, it's funny when you said just like the same silly four lines, I think of, uh, my favorite, one of my favorite bands out there is punk, the Ramones and just yeah. how ridiculous their lyrics were. But like, yeah. yeah, the packaging, the music, the way they did it was just a great little story. So, yes. And if you go back and look at it, it was its own, um, genre defying, uh, statement at the time to do it that way to say, um, that that was where that type kind of music was heading at that time. Mm -hmm. um, I think when you go back and look at a lot of these things, um, that we can't necessarily see 30, 40 years later, 
nothing came out of nowhere. There's a, there's a context for why the Ramones at that point in time made such a splash and made some sense mm-hmm. five years before or five years after it wouldn't have worked. Right. Which is a big part of why I really enjoyed as silly as it sounds, the history of rock and roll as a college course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, like in college I took that, but it was amazing. I mean, Cause you did, you learned that kind of stuff and how it played and then things like documentaries or whatever, then obviously tell that story too. But yeah, the, the history of it, just amazing. Do you find yourself going back to those kinds of things and saying, okay, I need a little inspiration. I want to kind of do something going back to those times, those stories, those bands and, and just finding that inspiration from those that came before you. You know, I don't listen to, nearly as much music as I used to. Mm. And I, and I, and I've thought for a while that that's a little bit of a, um, a shortcoming, but I think I'm just always trying to create so much of it. I, I mean, I listen to like weird electronic soundscapes and like, I don't know, yoga music, um, <laughs> just things to keep me calm and centered. Um, but I, what does, what I do like going back to is, um, biographies biographies of, of a bruce springsteen or a warren zevon or these people that eric clapton you when you go back and read these stories keith richards and it's like uh it's bizarre i mean the, that's what interests me is how do regular people become these icons uh that we think of and um, it's a combination of them and their circumstances and their surroundings and the timing. Um, I think that's always interesting because as someone who's still fairly under the radar and uh, just trying to do the best I can to get out there, um, every, every, every one of those people I just mentioned have been in the same position and somehow have um, turned a corner and, uh, you know, uh, become whoever they are now to the, to the mass mm-hmm. audience right yeah it's pretty funny to think about the the regular lives of those those icons before um aaron you said you're you're just a little bit uh under the radar and and you're trying to make it so and you mentioned earlier too that you're a contract, contractor by day what is it like you know to to live that life of you know you've got this in you and, and you're doing great work and again i'm following on spotify man great stuff how how can you balance that is it is that hard to be able to do that and say this is this is who i am at my core but i have to also support what i you know my family and everything how do you balance that to try to make it today does that even make sense (laughs) no it absolutely makes sense because that's what i live every day and every hour and um uh yes i have a i have a family that i'm primary provider for um you know i have a Oh, nearly 17 year old daughter and a four year old daughter. And, wow. um, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, but here's, here's the, 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 the fact of the matter for me is, uh, music pays for itself and pays me a little bit and pays the band. Um, it's getting better but it will not pay a mortgage. (laughs) It just won't. Um, If I want to have health insurance and a mortgage and um, pay my bills on time, I had to do something else. And slowly that morphed into this, um, you know, construction business I run during the day. And uh, 
I so that's that's almost that's almost like the side you know even though it takes probably more time that's my side gig um this artistic part i can't i can't seem to stop doing i mean there's no uh i'm an unhealthy person when i'm not doing it Mm -hmm. Um, it's just a part of who i am and how i connect and um you know i don't know how you you get here from there, but it just all happens slowly. I mean, like I try to, I've got, I got guitars everywhere. I like to pick them up everywhere I go. I try to spend just a few minutes a day working on a song or playing a little something. I came home for lunch today and I managed to play the guitar down here for 45 minutes. And, um, it's just about balancing time. And, um, it is not, it is not easy. And um, I, I wish there was about 30% less stuff going on somehow. And someday there will be, but today it's just slam packed full of everything. And that's just where we are. Now. Yeah. That's, that's your season right now, right? That's, that's the season I've been in for quite a while. <laughs> so what, what are you doing on a, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to get that word out? I mean, is, is, is playing small bars and using social media kind of it for musicians today or what are you doing Aaron? well um i would say that's where we were three or four years ago um um and you know now i have i have all the trappings i have a, the manager and the agent and the record label uh, which really doesn't put you anywhere like automatically but it sure does help with um it just helps to get up to that next level but but for years and years yes playing little bar gigs and any kind of little festival and anything we could do um that's what got us to there um and then you know having this team is getting me to this next level and um that helps. It helps a lot to, um, you just can't do this without representation at, uh, at a, any kind of national level. It, 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 it lends you an air of legitimacy, um, right or wrong. And, uh, it, uh, uh, they, they more than earn their 20%. <laughs> right. How do you, uh, how do you view, the musical landscape today, you know, and, and I, and I, I kind of want to explore this thing of like social media for a lot of storytellers, social media has been great, but also terrible, right? We have, we have ADD. Uh, we had to get things out, get people's attention in three seconds now, but then also it gets us this big audience. And now in music, I, I feel like in on one hand, well, you have your representation, you have your record label, the internet has kind of democratized it so that, quote unquote, anybody can put out a YouTube song and get famous, right? That's the dream. I know it doesn't happen that way, but how do you see the musical landscape today as an artist, as a storyteller? Has the internet helped you? Has it made it more difficult? What's that look like for you, Aaron? I don't, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if it's helped or not. It is, it is what it is. Um, um, it's changed so much. Um, it's changed so much since, uh, you know, 2002, three, um, it's a, it's a long story, but, and I'm sure you've heard it before, but the whole, 
um, the breaking down of albums into individual songs just decimated decimated the music industry right or wrong that's what happened um because prior to that you were buying 12 songs to get two that you wanted um and it just completely it just broke everything down you see the same pressures in video now that's what's going on now with all this uh, it's the same same thing they're trying to avoid getting just shut down like happened to the music industry and so now it's going to the streaming model it's just completely different matter of fact i told you we're uh, i mentioned we're going into record we're not even going to release a full album we're going to do singles because nobody can pay attention we're mm -hmm. going to go in and we're going to record a quarter of an album every couple months and put out a single every month and that's what's happening now so i'm like all right well we'll try that that's fine um it's it's um the, i say there's there's i always say the industry and the artistry are completely different animals they're completely different animals and you can um very often the only thing i have control over is the work um Matter of fact, that's what that song, uh, Last Refuge, uh, off of the last album, is about, honestly, for me. It's like, okay, when I get frustrated, because how come this person's doing so great? How come this girl that I just played with, she's doing great? How, how they just sold out the whole thing, you know? And I, you know, you get all that better than, worse than. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, wait, just damn minute. The only thing I can do is work on these songs. Like, that is the engine that makes the whole thing go, is the songs the stories, the content, the work. And then hopefully the industry will sort of, and as it has, it's just taken forever. And like you said, um, those YouTube one hit one, or like the, the shortcut, it really doesn't happen very often. Yeah. I mean, we're talking percentages of a percentage of a point. Mm -hmm. um the 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 people i see that um, are doing it well it takes a while it takes a good long while um and you just kind of have to keep doing it i mean you have to believe in it um which i do most days um but uh you just have to keep going and things line up or don't i don't know they never work out but <laughs> I mean, it's working out pretty, pretty okay now. I mean, I, I enjoy doing it. I feel better. I know I touch people and connect with people. And that's really what it, the whole thing is about is, um, that, I mean, that, that human interaction. So I don't know if the internet has helped or hurt that. Um, I, it's almost like it's neutral. Um, it's made some things better and some things a lot worse. Mm -hmm. it just, it evolves, right? I mean, that's, you know, <clears throat> now, on those days that you're having trouble believing in it. And I think every storyteller, every creative has those moments, right? Whether you're working on a book and you get stuck, you're working on a film and something happens, you're, you're playing music every day and nobody's discovered you, you have those doubts. Is there anything that you do to help get yourself out of that? I mean, I mean, there is obviously, but like, what do you do? I just keep going. And that's, that's like I said, in that, um, I come back to the things I do have control over and that's the work. I have control over the work. I have control over <clears throat> how much of myself I put into the work. I, I have, um, 
I'm not necessarily in control of all my time. I'm certainly not in control of uh, whatever the internet thinks is great for them for this 20 minute period. Um, <laughs> I'm not in control of where we get booked or who gets noticed. Um, um, but I, I, I just, I come back to what is it? I have to remember that I do, I, I, I do it not because of that industry stuff. I do it because I don't know, I'm just supposed to be doing it. And, um, it's so unlimited opportunities to quit unlimited opportunities for frustration. Um, it's just, it's not for the, I, I think any kind of creative endeavor like that is probably not for, um, you just got to get kind of a thick skin and you don't cause I mean, we're all very sensitive, but you know, at, at core, that's why we're doing this kind of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you just kind of have to, you kind of have to be realistic. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just sit down with a guitar and get quiet and do my thing and it's fine. That's what it's about. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, so I want to I want to explore one of your songs. Let's see if this uh, I don't know if this goes back real far in your database or not or in your catalog or not. Um, three months of twelve. Oh yeah, <laughs> I heard that song and I just you know, it just made me feel at home. Take me through that song a little bit. I want to explore that story. Where does that song come from? What's it about for you? That song. Um, that's when I was living in Boone, North Carolina. I was in college up there. I lived in this huge old dilapidated farmhouse um, built in the 1880s or so. Um, And I was kind of steeped in this old time and uh, mountain tradition at the time. And that we paid like a hundred bucks a month for that house. So we split it <laughs> to it and there's a fireplace in every room. It was on a bunch of acreage there. The guys still farm tobacco there no, on the new river. And I mean, there was, there was a, a graveyard out back for people that live there forever. Um, and there's just, there's a real sense of history up there. And I, I'm often thinking about how different things are a couple of generations past. Um, and, and I was really thinking about that then. The other interesting thing about that house is it, it faced sort of Southeast. And when it was built, there was pasture all down in front of it, but now, and it was cleared, but now the, <clears throat> the trees had grown up. Uh, you know, 70 foot pine trees across there. So what would happen in about mid November is the sun would drop behind those trees and it just wouldn't, it it didn't come back till (laughs) April or, I mean, that house got no sun through the entire winter. (laughs) And um, so that sort of inspired the the three months of 12, we don't see the sun um, because it was cold. I mean, the water would just freeze and I don't know. You just live with it. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of where that came from, an old old farmhouse. And, and oh, yeah, and I, and I always thought about, I had a four-wheel drive vehicle and a grocery store a couple of miles down the road that I know was not there 50 years ago, not even 30 years ago. And so you just, you think about it, uh, when you're living in conditions like that, 
um, I, I have an easy way out of this, but like those people in the graveyard back there, they didn't, they, they didn't have a way out. Mm -hmm. They just hunkered down and dealt with it. I mean, they're way smarter about canning and having food <laughs> available and all, but sure. Uh, that's kind of where that came from. That's cool. Now, when you, when you sing that today, can you, does it take you right back to that moment? Or is it kind of more like you're uh, a, a little bit, a little bit. Um, that, that song, it has like a, it has a fee of like a fear in it. Um, that's kind of the, um, that sort of foreboding, you know, that sort of feeling that, um, cold wind blows down the mountain. It's coming. Oh crap. Have I done everything I can do here to get ready for this? Cause pretty soon I'm not going to have an opportunity to catch up. Have I, have I, have I, have I saved up food? Have I saved up firewood? Um, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I can go back there. Yeah. We haven't played that in a while. Maybe we need to put that back on the set list. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, yeah, because I, I picture, like, you know, when, when, I, when I write something, when I write a story, I tend to write and move on. I don't necessarily go back and read it again and again or, or try and tell it again and again. But I've always yeah. thought that, like, performers, I mean, you – you sing that song again and again and again, and it, uh, the bigger your catalog gets, probably the less often you sing it because you have other stuff. But you, it has to be repetitive because when when somebody likes a song, the fans do. You got to go back and, and repeat it. And so I wonder yeah. if they become like old friends where you could where you can feel yourself there, or if it just becomes this autopilot of like, yep, we're gonna sing, you know, uh, write what you know, and I just know that I'm gonna sing these lyrics here, and, and we're done. And it's all like muscle memory. Um, so yeah, I just yeah. Well, there's definitely, that's interesting that you say muscle memory because that's the only way I can remember the words. Like I can't, um, th th this is the primary problem when somebody comes back and says, hey, can you play X from six albums ago? I'm like, uh, I know I can get two thirds of the way through it and then I'm not <laughs> sure what's going to happen. Um, so like if we haven't played it in a while, um, uh, I have to have that muscle memory to remember it. But as far as performance is concerned, all I have to do is be in in that in the song. That's I, uh, that's that's my job is to trust the song to do the work. If I just show up and sing it and perform it right, it should do the work. Now, are there songs from? I mean, there's a you know there are songs that we've never played. Um, you know, basically since we recorded them, they just never worked out. Um, there's some that we play every show somehow, um, and some get forgotten and I go back and I look and, and we're like, Oh, you know what? We should pick that back up or maybe a new member or something, add something. And um, we're kind of doing that right now, trying to go back and dig up some older songs to rejuvenate. Um, but you know, I mean, you're always looking forward. I, I'm always looking for, I mean, I, uh, I, I like to sing what people want to hear, you know, um, but I also like to try new, new things. And I mean, that's always the, the, in any kind of show, you, in, the set, you know, you want to play some familiar stuff. You want to play some new stuff. You might, might want to play a cover or two just to let people relax for a second. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know, trust in that story that's supposedly in the song is, is the trick for me yeah. to feel comfortable and, and not be afraid um, that I've got to do, 
I mean, I have to show up and like put myself into it, but in theory, it should do the work because I did the homework before, hopefully. Right, right. I mean, there are some I don't like, and I don't ever want to sing the dang thing again. And, <laughs> you know, I probably won't, or maybe I'll go back and fix it. I don't know. You know, you know older work, I'm sure you're familiar with it. You're like, oh, I don't know. I really shouldn't have left that line in there. Why didn't yeah. I take a little longer time on that? Yeah, I go back and look at old articles that I wrote or old anything, and I'm like, oh, that was awful. Yeah, I, can only I know. I know. <laughs> it's funny you say covers, too, because I'm obsessed with – cover songs like when i hear one of my favorite bands sing a cover song from somebody else i'm like oh that's so cool to hear their yeah. take on it or to hear somebody new cover somebody that i like or whatever i just i love that kind of stuff um yeah anyway yeah yeah it, well yeah you can wind up with really interesting connections like you can you, you know you can be like oh how why in the world would that that band be doing this and then it's like right. oh maybe there's a weird tangent here yeah um that you hadn't thought about mm-hmm. yeah it's fun uh, Aaron, this has been so much fun, man. I really appreciate you taking the time today. I want to uh, get to my last question here in a minute, but I want to make sure everybody has a chance to connect with you. And I'll, and I'll put links in the show notes so everybody can connect, um, find your Spotify uh, artist, sure. you know, everything else. But where's the best way for people to connect with you generally? Where do you send people? Um, AaronBurdett.com um, is sort of the landing page for all things. Links right on there to all the things in various stages of update or upkeep or not, <laughs> but um, right on. you can certainly poke around on there. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll put that, that put out, put that out there. I can get words out of my mouth. Um, so Aaron, if somebody were to say to you tomorrow and I know the artistry is part of you and I don't know that you ever could put it down, but if somebody said to you, Aaron, you're done being a storyteller, what would that last storyteller, what would that last story look like for you? You know, I, <clears throat> you know, I, I did, quickly look at some of your questions and I saw that on there and I thought, I have no idea. Um, (laughs) But as I think about it now, I think, um, I think it would probably just have to be some sort of version of my own story um, and my own relationship to things around me. And then, and the reason I say that is, um, I believe that the most powerful stories and works and pieces of music and novels, um, I believe they are both a, a reflection of that person that only that person could write in that way. Only that person cre- could create that in just that way. Um, uh, and, and, and as I age and do this a little more, the more comfortable I am saying, oh, I need to put more of myself in here because that's the only unique thing I've got, really. Um, and and I, I guess I would hope that that's what everybody else would do too, is tell something that, tell a story that you know the best um, and just be as honest as you can about it. I, I, don't, I don't know how to tell, I, honestly, I don't know much how to tell a story that's not about me at some point just tangentially somewhere in there and i can go way far afield but there has to be one little element of a, that i've felt really deeply um so i don't know if that answers the question but yeah that's the best i could come up with absolutely absolutely Larry, thanks for your time today man i appreciate you taking t- taking the 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 afternoon here to speak to yeah, us man.
Yeah, thank you, Dan. It's been fun. And there you have it. Once again, thank you so much, Aaron Burdett, for joining me on the Storytellers Network. Uh, I could I could talk about music all day. I love it, man. That was incredible. Uh, you can connect with Aaron at the links in the show notes. Follow him on Spotify. Check out some of his music uh, and, and find out if he's going to be near you as he tours a little bit here and there. So if you enjoyed the episode and learned something, got some inspiration from it, please consider sharing it all over social media, text it, just tell someone however you want to do that. I appreciate it. You can also subscribe to our email newsletter. It comes out once a month with the latest couple of episodes and other information. And you can always forward that email on to other folks too. So storytellersnetwork.com is where all that is. If you hit the subscribe button on the website, it'll take you to a spot where you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the, uh, the email newsletter. So check that out all at the storytellersnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, here's to telling our stories and having stories to tell. Cheers. Thank you.